I'm Euro. I'm Chris. And, and this, this is Fork Bomb. Bomb. Thursday, January 23rd, 2020. We are now on episode 27, Automation, Robots, Singularity, and You. Our last episode was in June. Shit, yeah. man. June. I know. June. What happened? Why are we doing this so late? I, I can't even... You know what? I have no excuse. I, I got nothing. I think we had all of five listeners. We might have one left. I, I don't know. If you're that one, thanks. Jamie, I know you're hanging on. <laughs> <laughs> Just guy, believe Jamie. in us. Believe in us. We'll, we're we're, we're going to make a comeback like the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> it's going to happen. You wanted to do something different, and... You dragged me into it, kicking and screaming, and I'm glad you did because I've had a lot of fun researching for it. You wanted to do a debate-style podcast around a topic, and that topic is robots, automation, and machine learning. And um, so, if you want, pretty sure I maybe go singularity in there somewhere, but yeah, go more into that. (laughs) Right. So um, we wanted to have a debate. Uh, So. Uh, as we were watching and preparing for the show, and uh, we were we were researching, uh, you know, machine learning, robots, and how they're better than humans and Skynet and all that stuff, um, we we've kind of decided that it'd be a good idea to make this into a different format, maybe a more of a debate kind. So that way, it'd be fun uh, for for listeners to to, and, and you know what. People may have uh, the same opinions as as you or I, but you know we've we've taken different stance stances stances goose geeses stansai stansai. Um, so stances. We've, we've so I, I think this will be really fun, you know. And and at the end, you know, if we end up hating each other, then then that sucks. But uh, whatever. So <laughs> no, I'm sure it'll be fun. And uh, and then maybe we'll get motivated and do more of these style of episodes in the future. What do you think, Chris? Uh, let's hope so. It's nice to have something new to do. After this, though, I want to do something dry and nerdy and about retro technology and possibly about no- Novell Netware. But until then, let's do this. Bueller. Bueller. All right. Bueller. So, okay. So, yeah, um, I guess uh, let's, just, let's just start it out. Um, so... Uh, you can present your stance. I'm gonna present mine, and then we'll just go from there. So, well, Chris, we haven't exactly um, talked about what the topic is or the focus. What is. the hell? You said automation, robots, and or I did. Okay. Anyway, so sure, go ahead. Well, you wrote this whole section on on focus. Oh um, yeah. Well, sure. Uh, we got to do that. Um. So a few things that we're going to discuss are, uh, you know, automation and machine learning. Uh, there's going to be some points about the, you know, what happens to jobs with more and more automation, um, and then of course the possibility of creating new jobs because automation could present these opportunities uh, for new types of jobs. It's happened before, um, and then you know, what is our dependence on machinery and automation as we as we leverage automation and integrate it more and more into our lives. Um, some of those items are going to be on power uh, and energy usages, on technology, and how, how it comes from from uh, just a, a luxury that we have. And, and the more that we progress, uh, the more it becomes from a luxury to actually basic necessities. Um, 
of course, the benefits that it can bring and also the determinants that, that determ, determ, determinate, determinants that it can bring. So, um, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of opportunities there to talk about different topics. Uh, one of one of the ones that I really want to talk about, uh, which would be really fun, is this new emergence of uh, something called deep fakes, uh, which is when you use uh, when when you take a, a a ton of different photos. And I'm gonna totally kill this description, by the way, and somebody's gonna call me out on it. But uh, the, here here it is. So it's when you take a bunch of different snapshots and, and photos of a, of a person and uh, and you, you can use machine learning to combine it all together and then kind of use that and superimpose that image onto another person's face. And then all of a sudden you have it's almost like a particular person is saying something or doing something that they never did, but their their face is kind of implanted into this other face kind of like photoshopping your face into a porn magazine no i mean you know kind of like photoshopping your face into a porn magazine so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um, that is what you mean that's that is what i mean so yeah deep fakes um that's that's going to be uh, interesting moving forward uh now that that genie's been kind of let out of the bag and so yeah we're going to talk about that and uh, benefits of machine learning and uh, and automation and uh you know our our different stands eyes that, that we've taken on it so this is going to be a debate kind of format and um and so so there'll be a but you know and then yeah but you know so there'll be a counter argument to to uh whatever's being presented so you're taking a i'm taking a for stance you're taking an against stance yep let's do that um sounds uh sounds right otherwise my notes are all screwed up so, <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly it. You're absolutely right. I'm taking a, a kind of an against, and and and, and I want to be clear here. I'm not against all automation. Uh, this is not, as a matter of fact, you know, I heavily use automation even at work. So, so this isn't just that I hate automation. I can't stand it. No, it's not going to be one of those things. It's more along the lines of I'm just kind of uh, I'm kind of worried of where it could lead us. Uh, as a as a society so uh, but some automation is good and I'm sure you're going to present a lot of uh, great points and who knows maybe you'll just convince me and I'll be like oh wow I feel enlightened and you're also taking a more derogatory stance than you actually think for the sake of debating and I'm taking a more hug a robot stance for the same purpose so I'm uh, more or less more, I'm hug a robot less. and you're Turk or gerbs <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that. All right. So, um, well, Chris, if, uh, I guess I'm, you want to start it off and uh, kind of go through one of your main points? I will try. Um, That's it. See, robot would have thunk faster than you. Yeah, but I can edit this long pause out. Ha ha. Oh, touche. I, I guess let's start with the... With the whole uh, loss of jobs things. With the whole loss of jobs thing. Um, sure. You might take the point that the more that things are automated, the more jobs will be lost. Uh, take, for example, uh, truck drivers. Automated uh, automated self-driving semi-trucks. But... Maybe, is so that a good place maybe to start? I should, maybe I should mention that. I mean... I guess it's not supposed to be that angry, took her jerps, dude. So 
You know, um, we don't have a structure for this. I don't know where That's to go. That's what I was saying, dude. Okay, you're right. So let me let me do that. Let me let me just bring it out because I'm I'm gonna be the angry dude, and then you can you can not be you can be the calm, cool, and collected guy. So so all right, let's do this. <clears throat> so Chris, yeah, one of the one of the many things that that comes up over and over again uh, with automation, and and I'm talking about the increased usage of automation, is the loss of jobs. Um, everybody brings it up. Uh, I'm concerned. Everybody's concerned about this. I'm sure at some point, even, even, I think even people that are, uh, you know, uh, they're, they're looking for a, I think people that are wanting to have more and more automations and robots and, uh, even the singularity, which we'll discuss later on at some point in some nerve, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be concerned about this because it's their livelihood. So I am concerned. Um, if you have, the more automation that we have, the, the the less opportunities, the more opportunities that close up for for humans. And as you know, I mean, humans, they, they tend to drive the economy. Uh, you know, this, we work, we're a productive society in order to in order to then buy goods and things. And then with those goods and things, it kind of it kind of fuels the economy and and uh, and then companies want to develop more things and, and research and innovate and everything to provide new goods and services, which we will then as producers buy. So if the, the more and more you automate, the more and more people you're taking out of that loop, out of, out of that, uh, out, out, out of that. And then and then you're in the position of, OK, so you've automated Let's say, I don't know, the automotive industry. It's been really automated. I mean, heavily since, you know, the days of the 1900s uh, to now it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really automated. You have robots building robots and things like that. Robots building cars. Um, so to where, you know, a person could have done that. Now a robot does it. Robot might do it even better. But what about all those people that lost their jobs? You know, um, now they're having to do something else. But is that... If you do that enough to enough jobs, you know, where, where do people go after that? You know, you've, you do that to enough people, to enough industries, you might, you might cause, uh, like an unsettlement to the, is that, is that the right thing? I don't even know if I'm saying the right thing. Unsettlement. Uh, but you might cause an upset in the economy. So that's, that's kind of where I, where I'm at, um, with the loss of jobs and the more and more automation is uh, introduced into our into into jobs to to replace humans because and this is my last thing humans are the most expensive part of running a business i mean uh, human resources human resources are the most expensive part of running a business once you've paid off that you know that super expensive coffee machine it can serve coffee all the time, right? When when a human, you have to constantly uh, you have to pay per hour and then after that you have benefits and things like that to pay for so you know that's that that's one of those things that incentivizes people to to use more and more uh, to to so I guess to bring out more and more uh, automation for jobs and things like that that will cut into those human resources and that heavy expense. So that that's kind of like why I see why they're doing it, but I think that it's it's going to cause an upset in the economy sometime soon. So that's kind of my stance on that. I disagree. You disagree, damn it. Why you disagree with my awesome <laughs> statement? <laughs> yes, jobs will be lost, but jobs will also change. 
But we have to take the good with the bad. There are some industries that need to be automated because of a work shortage. One prime example of that is uh, long-haul trucking. Uh, There are fewer and fewer and fewer truck drivers today, and it's also a dangerous and tedious and difficult job. Um, So by being able to to automate semi-trucks for for long-haul shipments, um, not only is it filling an understaffed workforce, but it is also making that industry much, uh, much safer to operate because computers don't have to sleep. Um, it's making it much safer too because um, a truck, a self-driving truck, can't get road rage, and it's making it much more efficient. Because when you have fleets of self-driving trucks, um, you know that they're going to try to do the right thing to the best of their programming all the time. Now, yes, there will be, if we do reach the point to where um, things are fully automated, yes, we won't need truck drivers. Yes, the existing truck drivers that we have now uh, will likely um, be out of work. But up until then there is plenty of opportunities for people to serve as test drivers to help train the trucks. There are also opportunities for people to learn how to uh, become mechanics or even software engineers for for the systems that run those trucks. Change is inevitable. And to say, I don't want my job to change because I like things as they are now is just going against what life is all about constant fluidity, constant change. And yes, it sucks, but you always have to be looking for the next thing. And if the next thing is the vehicle you drive is going to be a self-driving truck, then you need to find some niche that you can fill um, for the maintenance of those self-driving trucks and fill that. So I have a few things about that, uh, Chris. You know, my... First of all, the yeah, let's let's hit the uh, the human resource aspect. So, so let's say you know you're absolutely right in that there there it 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 does provide an opportunity for people to be you know test uh, to 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 actually teach the automation how to be better drivers and things like that in the beginning, especially right now, um, since since we're in that infancy stage of this part, and uh, and then it could fill the void in in a short term. It could fill the void of not enough truck drivers and now you have plenty of truck drivers to the point where you're actually going to have a surplus of truck drivers because of course uh, there'll be self-driving trucks and so these people will be out of work. Um, I'm not as concerned with the younger truck drivers uh, that could potentially make a career change into something else, uh, something else that they could they could do. I'm I'm really concerned about middle age and even uh, older truck drivers. Been doing it for for many years, experience and things like that. And um, and, and and you know you, you can't ask them. Uh, and I'm sure they're you know everybody's capable, right? Everybody's capable, but you can't just ask them to get up and say, "All right, well today you're, you're going to have to start learning how to do web programming because you know your job is just you. It's just uh, it's obsolete for you." 
Uh, the job's not obsolete. The job just kind of transformed, but it's obsolete for you. You can't do it anymore. Um, so, so now you're going to have to be a web programmer. And, and maybe I'm taking an extreme stance of, okay, why do we have to jump from a truck driver all the way to web programming? But, I mean, if you're going to get to the, you know, what other industry would they jump into where automation will just come in and then do it as well? So let's say they jump into the retail industry and then automation starts it starts to really impact that industry too. That's my concern is that this isn't just like, this isn't just one of those things that has changed. It's going to change everything. It's going to be drastic. And we're not even talking about the singularity yet. I keep bringing it up because that changes everything once we hit that point. It's like discovering aliens or something. Um, it changes everything. But in the meantime, and, and I'll save that one for last, um, I'm just... I'm concerned about these the the old, older folks. People have been doing it for years. They 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 do a good job at it. You're absolutely right. You know, one of them it it, it is very possible where one of them could fall asleep on the, on behind the wheel and cause an accident. And so nobody would want that. Absolutely, not even the truck driver would want that. Nobody wants that. But there is a cost to this, and the cost I feel is pretty high. So I w- I just wish that there was a way to migrate. You know, automation, maybe maybe the truck driver could kick it into auto, auto mode for a while. But then what's to stop the industry from saying, well, yeah, but why do we really have to pay the pay the driver? You know, and so that's that's kind of that that's just it's that concerning part that I'm just worried about. You know, I'm and, and I'm, I'm, I'm I guess I'm fortunate and then unfortunate at the same time. I'm fortunate that I'm not in an industry where it's immediately going to get automated. Unfortunate in that at some point it will. And so, you know, that's, that's just something that at some point we're going to have to retrain and it depends on, on where we're going to be at in life. So, uh, there, that, that was one point I I have a lot. So (laughs) sorry about that. Um, the other one was, uh, how do you protect these, um, these truck drivers from getting hacked? I mean, you know, these truck automated trucks, uh, there's, there's a, and I'm going to sound crazy right now, but you know, it's, it's, it's just going to sound like that, but you know, it's almost like we have a cyber war going on on the internet. Um, Lots of places getting hacked. Lots of places daily. It's it's just bad out there. It's it's pretty dangerous. Uh, you have to be patching constantly and things like that. There is a war going on, you know. Um, so so what's to stop one of these companies from successfully being able to hack? Of course, they're going to be patching and everything. That's 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 fine. But at some point, there's going to be some remote code that they're going to be able to run and and hack one of these and then cause a, a major accident. Um, or worse, I mean, no, that is the absolute worst. Um, I don't even know why I said that. Um, but, but it could also, you know, just ship items to somewhere else, to some guy's house, you know, and all of a sudden they have millions of dollars merchandise and all that. So, um, that's not being the worst one. The worst one is of course they cause an accident and, and, and then, you know, that's really bad. So, you know, you have hacking involved, you have, you have people displaced out of work, um, that, that can't get retrained or I guess can, but they could potentially be into it. It could go into an industry that will most likely be automated as well. So the more and more people, um, the more and more people that, that are displaced and out of work because of automation, the more they're going to run into, uh, they're going to run to another industry that hasn't been yet automated. And that on that industry could also get automated as well. So it just, I guess it just depends. I mean, unless you become an author or something that requires genuine thought, um, chances are whatever you run into eventually will get automated. So you're always going to be running, uh, from, from that. I guess that's it.
security compromises will happen. Uh, that's the nature of the industry. Our entire, the entire foundation of computing is built on rickety foundations that didn't have security in mind. But the risk of that is still much lower than uh, human, and we're we're barely apes with we're we're basically barely evolved apes with shoes driving a um, multi-hundred-ton vehicle down a road at 70-plus miles an hour. I'll take my chances with the trucks getting hacked than I will with a human driving a truck. But let me ask you this. Do you order a lot of things on Amazon? Or do you order a lot of things online? Yes. So when you order things, that, that stuff has to be shipped. Those things have to be loaded up into shipping containers. Those shipping containers have to be loaded onto uh, gigantic ships that ship those uh, shipping containers overseas. Those have to be loaded onto trucks. And the process that handles the organizing of all of the shipping containers and loading them onto trucks and onto ships, that's entirely automated. And before it was automated... There were people driving forklifts that were having to uh, deal with um, with space constraints, space constraints with the people that were operating the cranes, and it led to dangerous situations with people constantly under these gigantic, um, multi-thousand-pound containers uh, at the potential, um, constantly at risk of being crushed or worse, and. That has been entirely automated. There are whole shipping yards where there are no man zones, and all they do is just have cranes moving ship moving shipping containers to and fro, and um, lifts and trucks running back and forth on their own in very controlled environments. And the entire thing is uh, managed from a control center. So if you watch that. Age of AI series on YouTube, which is fantastic. I recommend it. It is really good. Anybody yeah, watch we that. watch it together. It's, season, it's awesome. Season one, episode six. Um, it's called Will a Robot Take My Job? And it covers a lot of the stuff. And it had people there that were, were crane drivers, that were crane operators before it was fully automated. And they were retrained to now work in the control room where they go and they operate the cranes remotely. Um, if there are problems, they fix them remotely. So now they're out of the yard where they're in danger and in the control room where they're safe. Let me ask you this. Um, how um, many? Also, without fully automating that, we wouldn't be able to keep up with the demand for all the products that we have shipped to us. It just wouldn't work. So we, it had to be automated in order to keep up with our demand as consumers. So you either have to decide, do you like consuming things, or do you want more people to be doing the same thing they've been doing for the past 20 or 30 years of their career? So let me ask you this. How many uh, how many operators in the control room do you need? I mean, I can't imagine there being the same amount of operators in the control room that there were outside of the control room. I mean... And if the answer is they're the same, then that's that's great for that industry. Uh, I just have a feeling that it's not. I have a feeling that perhaps you need maybe half or a third of the people that you needed before 
you, you only need, you know, so many to be behind the control room. They're, they're controlling multiple things. Humans could do multiple things. And so, and robots could do multiple things too. So uh, I can't imagine there being the same amount of people. Maybe, maybe they had 50, but now you don't really need 50 people. You can actually do the same job, but with 10 uh, or, or maybe a third. So we can bump that up, but still um, it's, it's, uh, it's, that's just one, one item. So they get retrained, but you really only need 10. Everybody else gets laid off. So they have to go and find an, another job. In the meantime, they're unemployed. They're probably collecting their unemployment checks and everything and, you know, and, and probably be getting behind on bills and things like that. But, you know, uh, it, it, it is one, one aspect of it that I'm, you know, that, that, that I feel like it is a benefit to not have people get into, um, injuries and things like that because of their jobs. Um, and also of course, being able to keep up with demand, as you said, absolutely. I mean, we, we do order a lot more online, but you know, there's a cost and, and the cost is less jobs. And eventually, uh, it's also impacting by the way, retail markets. And I don't mean online retail markets. I'm talking about brick and mortar stores. It's affecting that market. Um, so at some point those, the people that run those stores, uh, you know, the clerks, the cashiers, uh, all of them, they're you know, at some point they're going to have to also get retrained and maybe do a sing, uh, you know, maybe have a lot less people to do a singular job, um, like man, a website, you know, whatever it would be, whatever, whatever that is, or maybe they also work at the warehouse and they only need a few control people than they needed everything else because everything else is automated. Another aspect too, is that our population is growing. So, okay, now you have an issue here. You have less jobs, you know, eventually, right? Eventually less jobs, um, because, you know, automation's taken over and you just have less people that are needed to do all of these fantastic jobs where automation is excelling at, they could do way better. And eventually imagine when you take that person out of the control room completely, this thing runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's fantastic. Imagine prime instead of waiting two days, it's one day prime, which already exists by the way. Imagine six hour prime. I mean, people that are sitting at home will love it. People that used to work in the industry will not love it because, you know, that just cost them their jobs. So now they have to go find something else. Human population is growing. So the need for jobs is a, it's a, it's, it's high, right? I mean, people need to work. Otherwise, how do, how do they get paid? Do you have prime now where you are? I do. Cause that's one to two hours. Oh, well, I haven't experienced that yet, uh, but I've heard of the drones and everything. So I haven't had anything uh, show up in one to two hours yet. But. Yeah, if um, if you're in a city, um, even Orlando, uh, you can do Prime now. You you get stuff delivered uh, within one to two hours. It's uh, yeah, I'm not in Orlando, so it's that's a, probably um, why. It's a, a smaller set of things you can order, um, mm-hmm. but that uses machine learning to figure out uh, which things sure. need to be need to be stocked. Again, that's automation. And uh, guess who drops it off to you? Human drivers. For now, for now, Chris, I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. You do have a human driver, which they've hired, you know, and there's been, there's a lot of prime drivers out there. Um, actually, we're, <laughs> we're starting to segue into another industry that's uh, similar to this. So uh, we might as well talk about it. But before, well, no, yeah, it's a good segue. Um, so human driver, that's absolutely right. And it wasn't a robot yet. In the future, it might be. So you get fully auto, full full automation. And that actually brings us to... Uh, rideshare services like uh, you know Uber and Lyft and things like that. Uh, even the entire taxi industry, at some point, you know, Chris, that's going to get fully automated because 
We already have near self-driving cars. As a matter of fact, we have self-driving cars. Let's just say it. It's already developed. I mean, it's just it's just a matter of time to finally get everybody out of driving, and which is a, not a bad thing. And I know you're going to point that out. You know, they're not going to, you know, less people driving uh, and less accidents and, and, and things like that. But, you know, you're also going to upset that industry too. So now you've upset the shipping industry. You, and then you've upset the transportation by, up, you know, the, 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 the truck drivers and everything. Soon you'll upset the prime drivers because that'll also be automated too. And you're going to upset the uh, taxi and Uber rideshare industry too because all of those people won't really be needed if you have automated drive-share program, uh, 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 cars. <clears throat> so there's also that. And population is growing. So we do have a problem that we have to solve then. <clears throat> I want to read a text message to you from my girlfriend about a ride she was taking uh, recently with a rideshare service. Um, I got her a lift home, and um, then she said, this is upsetting. This dude smells like stale weed and alcohol. <laughs> she was referring to the driver. Uh-huh, sure. <laughs> um, Oh man! I can tell you, I have had some really crappy rides living yeah. in New York. I say automate it, automate the crap out of it, because that can only stand to be made safer as well. You don't have, you won't have people that, um, you won't have people that have been working all day long and are tired and just don't want to be there. You won't have people. Um, that are driving like maniacs. You've never seen a New York yellow cab. Um, when the light is about to turn red, they go nuts. They will run you over. Do you, so do you happen to know how many yellow cabs are in New York? I don't know. I really Let, don't know. Let's, let's say a million because I, I don't know the, the exact answer either. And, um, and if you want to drive from, from um, Manhattan to Brooklyn, depending on the time of day, Sixty, seventy dollars per ride. Have mm. you ever been on a New York subway euro? I have, but um, very few times, and 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 it wasn't that bad, but only because I took it on like weekday, and yeah, so it's never. I've never been there in rush hour. If fully, if fully, fully automating um, ride sharing services or yellow cabs means that I can take fewer public transportation rides, which means that I can see fewer people breakdancing on the subway, nearly kicking me on the head, fewer people saying, um, fewer people having to deal with fewer people using the subway, subway as their shelter, and sometimes really, really, really stinking it up. Yes, it's unfortunate, but damn, some people smell <laughs> on the subway so bad when they pull in. <laughs> you see crowded, 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 empty, crowded. If you ever mm -hmm. step into the empty one, you'll quickly find out why. Mm. Um, just all the garbage that goes on when people cram into a subway car. If I could just, you know, do once or twice a week, having that ride go from 30 to $60 down to 10 or $20, I'll do it. I will absolutely do it. So there, There's another thing about this. Okay, so let's say you'll do it, but... Let's let's pretend that you weren't in the computer industry and let's pretend that you weren't your age and that you were older or maybe no let's say you are your age but 
but you just never really touched a computer or you did, but you know, it wasn't to anything, uh, it wasn't to the extent that you do it now. So, so let's say you did get into, so you happen to work at, uh, I don't know, a coffee shop. Okay. And you're going to work. So you take this automated car. Everything's great, right? You don't have to deal with smelling people in the subway or break dancers or anything like that. Um, so, so, so you do that. Um, at some point, wouldn't it concern you that you're like, wow, that's somebody, that's somebody's job that that robot took. Granted, doesn't smell weird. But at some point, it could affect your industry too. Why couldn't there be self-dispensing coffee machines that work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, get you your coffee quicker than a human could, uh, and get it exactly right based on your the settings that you wanted to? But that's your livelihood. So now you know that's that's what you do. That's what you know how to do. And and you're gonna have to also look for a different job because you were also displaced, just like the automated taxi driver that you just took to get to work. Wouldn't that, I mean, I, I would think that that would cause some kind of anxiety. <clears throat> I, we, I think at the human level, it causes anxiety. We have self-dispensing coffee machines. They're called Keurigs, and they suck. Whenever I want good coffee, I step out and go have somebody make it for me. For now. But let's just say that what if Keurig decides to make the Keurig 1000 or something? I don't know. Keurig T1 million or something. And uh, and then that, that thing makes coffee just as good as any other human can. Um, I'm, I don't know, or bartender that's also, uh, a robot, you know? You still need steamed milk. Someone's got to refill the milk. Someone's got to refresh it. Someone's got to maintain that thing. There's a lot that goes into coffee that involves proper maintenance of the ingredients that goes into it. Um, so there are just some things that a fully automated coffee maker can't do. I've seen some make, make attempts at it. For example, you can get a latte in, latte in air quotes where you had to put in the dried milk packet. Let mm. me tell you, it was terrible. Let's say you have three or four coffee machines, right, at this coffee shop. How many people does it take to, to provide maintenance to these things? I really don't know. So not only did you have to get retrained, so let's say you worked at the coffee shop and you kind of, you upgraded, right? You, you, you changed careers or they retrained you because... They had to. They, they still need somebody to fix it or somebody to provide it the ingredients and needs and everything. But out of the three or four or five dispensary machines, you know, the ones that are the T1 millions that we're talking about, uh, maybe they just need one maintenance person, maybe two in case one gets sick. Adam, instead of five, six man crew, uh, you kind of reduce the job force down. So the trickle effect is going to happen is that person is also going to look for another job. Most likely it's going to either be in retail or something that's just not you know, unless they start writing a book or something, then that's that's different, and we should probably talk about that at some point. But they're going to look for something else, right? I mean, they don't they don't have, and this is this is something called low skilled labor, where uh, where they you know job is essential. Okay, so nothing against low skilled labor it is excellent, and so the name is misleading. It makes it sound bad. Uh, it's not. But the bad thing about it is is that it can be easily replaced by automation. So then that low-skilled worker has to go and find another probably low-skilled job until they start to really pick up their skills and, and maybe do something that's a little bit more abstract thinking. Um, so the, the vast population is that type of service worker. I mean, you know, the, you have the, the lower-skilled uh, people that make the world go round. So again, it's, it's not a pun against the, the, the type of industry or the type of job or anything like that. It's just that it can be easily replaced eventually. 
So you go from job to job to job to job that gets automated, automated, automated. You're always running uh, behind this like automation curve thing going on. And then all of a sudden you, you really, you know, the, the only way to really get away from that is to retrain into something that requires a higher level of, uh, you know, problem solving skills. And even then, Chris, how many of those jobs are going to be available? You know, now you've gone from a large pool of people, large pool of jobs. I mean, not people, well, people too, but large pool of jobs that are the most jobs, the most quantiful jobs are the the lower skilled jobs. And then you go to another segment, which is less jobs in that, but, you know, equally important, uh, more critical thinking jobs. And you have different tiers of that until you reach, of course, the, the top, but uh, which is probably an artist or something like that. Um, but, you know, okay, so I, I don't know, I guess I'm just trying to prove my point that uh, at some point, there's not going to be enough of that mid tier or more critical thinking jobs that then, you know, there's not going to be enough of that, that lower skilled people, uh, labor has to learn and get retrained to do, then you're going to have a shortage of jobs, and a lot of people unemployed. I must admit, I cannot speak to that. Um, I'm not qualified to speak to that. I'm very lucky to have grown up uh, privileged to have had parents that uh, put me through college and to have been fortunate enough to land in a um, in a job that requires some level of skill. Um, sure. Yeah, me too. So I honestly, I, I can't really, really speak to that. Um, anything I would say to it would come from a place of ignorance and might sound insensitive. So I'm going to not answer that one. Yeah. And I completely understand because I mean, I'm in the same I'm in the same boat, right? I mean, you know, I, 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 again, have to, you know, I have to thank my parents and everything for bringing me up and, and, uh, and, and give me the opportunity to, to, uh, to go through college and everything and, and have the job that I do now. But, uh, and I would, I think both of us would really benefit from a world that would have a ton of automation everywhere, as long as we're not directly impacted, because as, as soon as we start becoming directly impacted, then I think that, you know, we're going to start having to rethink, okay, wait a minute, what's going on here? Now I'm impacted. You know what I mean? At some point, I mean, not, not probably not anytime soon. Um, but, but at some point it will. And I, I think that, 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 that's gonna, that's gonna be interesting in the future and the, probably the farther future than right now, because right now we're seeing these, uh, the, the lower skilled jobs getting replaced by automation. Um, but then later on, you know, and, and I'm talking about fairly quickly too. And here's why, can you imagine a teacher that, you know, a teacher that can just do their class from, you know, from home, right? Single, single teacher can probably do that job from home and teach a bunch of students to, uh, and, and, you know, they could teach thousands of students and they would have probably a unique learning experience. And then, and then, you know, that's, that's the beauty of, of, uh, not just automating things, but just making things easy for people to access, so you make uh, you make laptops and it's easy for people to access. Robots made that laptop, by the way. But anyway, I'm I'm getting out of outside of what I'm trying to say. Um, now you have instead of needing. By the way, teaching industry is another industry, one of those that are have a lack of. They actually have a uh, an issue trying to find teachers. So uh, this is a big problem, especially in the uh, you know less populated states um, and uh, the Midwest and things like that. They're having a problem finding teachers. So there is that. 
that automation could solve, by the way, by either having pre-recorded uh, things or maybe uh, uh, just just having some kind of artificial intelligence teach students. Um, but but anyway, you have the you're going to miss that human factor, which is kind of important when it comes to social uh, condition. Yeah, social conditioning sounds weird, uh, but you know you need that human interaction factor. Um, I forgot where I was going with this, but it had to deal with, you know, more jobs being taken, even when you're leading to industries that are more skilled, like teachers. All of a sudden now, uh, you could potentially have a uh, one single teacher teaching thousands of students rather than a single teacher being able to only teach 20 or 30, you know, so so it's going to impact slowly, but it's going to impact everything uh, until you finally get to those really abstract jobs where an author, you know, that's going to be his pretty safe job for a while. Uh, uh, an artist, a musician, you know, those are those are the those are the degrees right now where people are like ah, you're not going to make any money doing that. But in the future, when everything is automated, it could potentially be one of those safe havens where you know it's going to be pretty difficult. As you and you just showed me some great WhatsApp, uh, <laughs> showed me some great clips through WhatsApp, um, and they were YouTube clips with these uh, movies that apparently were completely made by um, by automation. I guess those were scripts are horrible. Those weren't clips. Those were the full movies or full movies. Yeah, um, that was, and they were screenplays that were um, that were created by a machine learning algorithm that was fed a bunch of other screenplays and it worked similar to the way that word prediction on your phone's keyboard works. Mm. So huh. then uh, someone, so then they took the screenplays, assembled a um, cast and crew, uh, one of which included David Hasselhoff yeah. and, and, uh, and made and interpreted it and made a movie out of it. Um, I kind of want to play a small clip of that now, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. That was great. Um, it's going to be a part with the Huff. Let's do it. I don't know who the hell I am. I don't know who the hell I am. I want to be a man. i got to get out of here. I'm going to make a huge mistake. I need to be with you and explain it to you. I would like to talk to you and explain this and tell you a little story. I want to talk to you. I want to go to the movies. I want to go to the movies. <laughs> I gotta relax. I gotta get out of here. I don't want to see you again. I want to be a man. I want to be a man. I have to relax. I gotta go. So, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a while. That's uh, David Hasselhoff sitting against a, uh, a brick wall wearing a uh, golden patterned suit jacket uh, and red board shorts shorts yeah <laughs> yeah it's the wildest scene uh, <laughs> you couldn't have even imagined it if, if you've even tried like um yeah so see i i there's nothing else to say i mean that's uh, that uh, definitely um automation will not be taking over the movie industry anytime soon 
maybe other movie parts like building the set and things like that, but not the creative aspect of it. Uh, creativity is something that right now is uniquely human. Um, so I, I don't think that those are going to be replaced. Hmm. That gets, that is debatable, but that gets into the follow-up episode to this. Because when yes. we're talking about machine learning and automation right now. Right. Yeah, there's that singularity thing. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, okay. Um, you know, you've, you've proven some great points, Chris, but what about, um, you know, we saw some, some, some really good episodes on, uh, on that, uh, age of AI, um, that really, you know, it was, it was tough to watch and and it was one of those things that almost made me rethink my point. And I think, you know what I'm going to say? Uh, Tim Shaw? Yes. I didn't get the name of it, but, uh, I, I think so. (laughs) The linebacker with ALS? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I did just, just didn't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. That um, so that was uh, you know, that's that's fantastic. You know, and it's one of those things. Like you know, to your point. So um, to uh, yeah, the way that um, he was being helped there was for anyone who does who doesn't know because I didn't know. I don't watch football. Um, Tim Shaw was a linebacker. Um, it started off showing him at. At his prime, 235 pounds of pure muscle, um, articulate, charismatic, animated, and he contracted Lou Gehrig's disease um, and is now withering away, can barely talk, can barely walk, needs a chair. Um, And just seeing it cut from him at his best to him now was, and and the way that they put it together was was gut-wrenching. and a team at Google um, worked heavily on creating a text to a text to speech algorithm trained on people with Lou Gehrig's disease talking. Because one problem that he has is that his phone no longer recognizes um, him when he talks. He one time called his dad and said, "Dad, my my phone." doesn't understand me when I say dad. So now I call you yo-yo. I had to say, hey Siri, call yo-yo. Um, so they, the team at Google was able to solve that nicely. They trained it on um, hours and hours and hours of people with, with, with ALS talking, and it's able to better understand him. Uh, Tim Shaw himself also can attributed about 2006 phrases um, to that effort. But they also went as far as to try to give him his voice back by um, using machine learning to train a text-to-speech... I misspoke before. A um, speech-to-text algorithm. That's what they were starting with, going from speech-to-text, but also going text-to-speech to take his words from a previous blog post and have it read in his actual voice. So they trained it up on hours and hours of video from him on TV. And um, so they can envision a day where they link up the text-to-speech to the speech, the speech-to-text to the text-to-speech, and he could potentially talk with his old voice again. Um, it's a moonshot at this point, but it's within the realm of feasibility. Uh, the point is, 
the same technology that is being used to train self-driving cars, self-driving trucks, self-running anything, um, is the same technology that's being used to help people with Lou Gehrig's regain their voice, um, people um, with amputated limbs to have better functioning limbs that are able to articulate um, in ways that they can't do now. For example, there's that man who was really into climbing who has a prosthetic leg that was designed specifically for climbing, and it adjusts based on how it predicts he's going to need to move and does a fantastic job of it. Um, or even that same technology is being used to help uh, people in India who don't have easy access to, to vision care, um, where they can go in and have an automated eye screening, eye screening and be diagnosed for diabetes-related vision issues before they become an actual problem and before they go blind. So yes, this technology may be causing some people to lose jobs, but it's also out there uh, saving lives in more ways than one and enhancing lives in more ways than one. So again, we have to take the good with the bad. I Yeah, and I don't really have a comeback to that. Um, you know, when I watch that, uh, when I watch those videos and, and they were discussing these things, I mean, I think that the that the opportunities for medical advancements are amazing um, with the, you know, with, with these, not just with automation, but just, just the, just the enhancement of tools in general, you know, uh, now you can perform LASIK, you couldn't before, you know, it's, it's so many advancements that we have in technology, um, you know, and then specific to, to, to automation itself, my, my concern would be when we start replacing the humans, the human doctors and they spent all of that time and effort and money and everything to finally graduate with a, uh, with a doctor's degree in, in medicine, um, or, or, you know, some sort of the degree in medicine. And then just to be kind of replaced with a, uh, with some sort of, you know, auto, uh, it's automation is going to take a while. So before it gets there, but at some point it will. And that's where I kind of draw the line before that. I 100% agree. I mean, if you can if you can help people that don't that have missing limbs or or that you can, you know, even even early detection on problems and things like that that, you know, machine learning can help uh with diagnosing many different data points and then it can early detect an uh, an issue with your health and things like that. That's fantastic. Um so I can't I don't really have a a comeback to that other than saying that we just need to be careful about then taking, you know, jobs from from nurses and things like that that take care of patients. I mean, you know, you also have that, and I touched a little bit upon it too, uh, a little bit in the beginning or somewhere in the middle, I guess, um, when I mentioned the human factor. So I think that a nurse taking care of an elderly per- person or or even somebody in need at the, at the hospital is going to be always, in my opinion, it's going to be better than having an Android do it just because of that human factor. Now, of course, there are some people, they get tired at work and they don't want to do their job. And, you know, that, that's also a behavioral problem, right? But ideally, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that way um, where you would have that human factor and, you know, that human touch and response. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like those. Uh, and I'm, 
I'm, I'm going to go and say that, you know, those, those automated phone calls that everybody hates. But I think that if they, you know, people, people also hang up on humans too and everything happens all the time in call centers. But I think that the more and more we automate these things, the more and more people get, you know, jaded against technology that's like, hey, you know, this stuff is kind of intrusive now in our lives. Um, um, I just, I didn't want to digress. I mean, I didn't want to change the subject from, from medicine, uh, to that, but I just, it just kind of came up, you know, and, and I just thought about it. Um, going back to medicine though, I don't have a really great comeback. I think it's a fantastic thing. If it can help, if machine learning can help out with early diagnosis and, and, and as I mentioned before, you know, with, uh, with, um, you know, just, just being able to help out in that way. So I don't really have a great comeback to that. I think that's a great use of of a tool, just like you would use a tool like a fork and a knife to cut your food and instead of using your, you know, your your bare hands. You know, I think that if you use technology as a tool that will help the human enhance it and just perform its own job better, I am all for it. <clears throat> what about um, how machine learning can be used for um for malicious purposes. Well, I mean, yeah. So <laughs> there's so many aspects to that, that. That could definitely be a problem. I mean, you know, you can even go down to using machine learning in the military, which they use, um, I'm sure of. Uh, you know, you could you could take that aspect and then say, well, what if they get hacked? And then all of a sudden, what if we're compromised? Um, that could be a problem too. You know, in the future, you may have, and, and this is kind of an interesting point. You know, so let's just let's just bring in the science fiction here, uh, which in the future might be science fact. You know, what if you replace human soldiers with robots? You know, everybody would be for it. Who would want to give their lives up? You know, when you when a machine could do it for you. You know, and then you just repair it and it's back. You know, any any parent or anybody in the military would be able to tell you that. You know, but what happens if those things get hacked? You know, it's it, it, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. Either either they hack us or we hack them. You know, it's inevitable. And then and then, you know, you could get to the really, really dangerous part where what if a weapon of mass destruction gets hacked? You know, the more and more we integrate um, these things to machine learning and automation, it's going to need to be connected um, to more and more things that could potentially lead to hacks and things like that. Sophisticated hacks, state sponsored hacks, you know, and, uh, so, so where's the limit there? You know, now, now you've, you've gone to a society that's, oh, wow, we're less dangerous now to a society that's really in danger. So, you know, that it, it could bring problems. That's all. If it's not properly supervised and you have to be vigilant all the time. When it comes to these things, you have to always stay on top of it. Um, you, you just never know, you know. I really can't speak to that. We're we're bad at security when it comes to computers. We really are. Just just listen to any episode of uh, of the podcast Security Now. Um, the bad guys are winning there. And and I don't have any. I I don't have. Yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> they are. And and, uh, and the, all we do is play play catch up. You know. Oh, okay, we've patched this now after everything happened. Oh, well, we've we've patched it now. Oh, okay, well, they're going to come up with something else. So, I mean, you know, and, and let alone talk about regressions and things like that, which do happen. I'm, I work in the software development field. I can't tell you how many times I keep seeing the same mistakes, uh, this the same security-related mistakes made over and over and over again. Um, yeah. 
this this is really interesting, Chris. So what if what if uh, let's just say our jobs were taken by uh, some sort of robot, machine learning, automation, and you know they could potentially take care of those problems, you know. But then, okay, you've taken care of that problem. We are now the company, the the owner, the business owner. You know, the top uh, is is better off because now they have a foolproof product that people can use or other companies use. It just depends on what your industry is. Um, so, but you know, you see what I mean? Like now you've taken entire industries away from, from people and now they have to go and find something else to do until you finally end up into, I'm just going to be an author of a book, <laughs> you know? So, so that's, it's kind of the price to pay. I, that. I doubt that'll happen. So long as we have computers, we will have, so long as we have software, we will have software security problems. Um, the very, again, the very foundations of computing comes from a place where security was an afterthought. Unless security is baked in from the beginning, which it rarely is, um, there will always be a problem. There will even be security problems with the programs that are designed to deal with security. Um, a prime example of that is when just having Symantec antivirus installed, granted this one of the worst antivirus products out there, caused you... Wow. Well, we're to, definitely not sponsored by Symantec. <laughs> ...caused you to have a larger attack surface because the way they implemented their kernel filter um, made it possible to have an email sent to you, and you didn't even have to open that email. It was just a part of the Outlook plugin hooked into the kernel filter. You would send a maliciously crafted message, which would cause Outlook to preview it, which would trigger that kernel filter, which will trigger the problem with their kernel filter, which would exploit the system. So by having Symantec antivirus installed when this was a problem, you opened yourself up to more attack and you became less secure. Um, so from my Cineplo perspective, we'll always have security problems. There will always be a need um, in the software security industry and we will always need more and more and more people there. Also, people are the best at, at breaking things um, in extremely creative fashions. I can't say anything. I can't, I can't, I don't have any comeback to that because you're, you're absolutely right. Humans are very creative. And that is just one of those aspects where, you know, it's, it's really difficult for a robot to, to think of an original thought. So, so that's, you know, you're right. We are, we are creative. And we're creative at, at at breaking things and at fixing or coming up with different solutions too. So yeah, um, uh, I wanted to go ahead. You're you're right as well in that there are going to be a lot of jobs lost. It's going to suck. I I want to I want to segue into an area that is also of high concern when it comes to high levels of uh, of job replacement. So and actually two things. One of the things I wanted to talk about, though, first was the increase in crime. And the reason I mentioned that is because remember when I mentioned that whole thing about the low-skilled labor, and that's a large pool. And um, so so the more of those jobs that are taken and the more that people have to get retrained and possibly don't have money to get retrained, you know, there's there's all this back and forth. It's, it's going to be it's going to be a little chaotic, right? Um the more that people are going to be discontent with society that, hey, well, I can't find a job and I need to pay my bills. And the more and more that leads to unemployment and frustration. And then all of a sudden you have families that have no jobs, you know, 
and then, or maybe just one person supporting everybody and that's just not enough, that can in turn lead to crime. Like, you know, I'm talking about petty theft, you know, stealing food, things like that for, you know, for necessity to violent crime where people can become angry and actually take it out on other people uh, because they're upset and they're societally upset, a uh, societally upset um, about what's going on. And, uh, and, and, and they just can't, you know, they're, they're mad as hell and they're not going to take it anymore. That kind of thing, you know? So, so that, that's also a, an important thing to, to take note of what could happen if we impact many industries all at the same time, especially without giving enough chance to be, for people to get retrained and things like that, you know, which this has the potential to. So that's, that's one thing. I don't know if we're going to have enough police force to, to cope with that. We could automate them. Could automate police. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's just one step closer to, well, those <laughs> policemen can get hacked. hacked and Give know, them guns. <laughs> yeah. Give them guns. Yeah, man. So, you know, that's just one step closer. So I don't know. But it is something to consider. Um, so when are you, you going to talk about, about uh, uh, deep fakes? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to get uh, I wanted to get to that. So that that part is um, it's really fascinating because one, I recently learned about it. So uh, you know, I kind of I was already I was thinking about this whole thing about oh man, automation is going to affect us as 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 humankind. It's going to affect us and everything. Um, but then then I saw this thing called deepfakes, and so as I mentioned to 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 everybody, to you and everybody in the beginning. They're taking still images of many, many still images of a, of a person and then replacing, let's say, uh, another person with that person. Think of, you know, copying and pasting your face into somebody else um, and then and then have it have it move, animate and everything. And I'm talking about to the level of near perfection. Uh, it looks like it's somebody else. Uh, I've seen deep fake movies now. Um, I think I saw The Shining with Jim Carrey. And I didn't even think that would work. And guess what? It does. Uh, you know, the the Shining was made in I, I forgot it was made in the seventies. Uh, I forgot what year. But anyway, um, you know, Jim Carrey he wasn't in the movie, of course. So it was Jack Nicholson. But he it the deep fake made it look so believable that I believed that Jim Carrey was in the movie. Not only that, but the deep fake did a fantastic job at acting that exact scene. Um, it was amazing. It was amazing to see. I saw some other deep fakes too that were that were really really good. I saw some wacky deep fakes too, like Stallone playing uh, Home Alone. You know <laughs> that was just that was just wacky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously, you got to see that. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, but you know what? You know what that means uh, in the future, and I and we've already started seeing a little bit of this in Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie. You saw Princess Leia. She's she's doing the what people call the Mary Poppins thing and everything, and like it or hate it. You know, she didn't do that. It was somebody else. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was artificially done. And now we're starting to see more and more of these actors, um, that, that have been, you know, either, either touched by, by, you know, by like Photoshop retouched, things like that, things like that, or just completely added in the movie. Um, I don't know if you remember the movie or if you, if you even watched it, uh, Terminator Salvation, which came out in 2009, um, that movie, that movie had Arnold Schwarzenegger when he was younger, like like in the first Terminator movie, and it looked pretty good. I mean, you know, and that was back in two thousand nine. Imagine what they could do now. So so now they can just completely add actors into a movie, 
to the point where you could probably only only get an actor to read lines, which they have to do, by the way, a lot of times. They have to reread their lines. They have to go back into the studio and, and, and reshoot, but just reading the lines over again because, you know, uh, they could have had audio issues and things like that. So now you, you may need just the actor to come in, read his lines, and then have the... Have, have everything else be done artificially or played by other actors, but then they get the, the face artificially enhanced, uh, you know, deep faked. So, the, so that's one thing where you probably in the future may see actors that probably have even, you know, they've, they've like passed or something and, and they're still making movies. So you may get that. Um, but then comes the dark part. So what's to stop somebody? And it's already been done, by the way. They've made deep fakes of Obama. They've made deep fakes of Putin. They've made deep fakes of Trump. They've made deep fakes of a lot of people, of world leaders. What's to stop somebody from making a deep fake and putting it out there of a declaration of war, you know, or maybe saying something completely false that they didn't say. And then that, uh, that puts them in jeopardy, uh, or puts the country in jeopardy. There's also that possibility, you know, there's, uh, there's so many different possibilities now that that opens. Um, I don't know if, uh, if you if you ever watched that movie Equilibrium, I think it was made in two thousand two. Christian Bale's in it. Uh, anyway, there's this uh, there's this screen that constantly comes up and it gives them the message of the day. It's like the news or whatever it is. You know, it's like it's like the message for the peoples. You know, and it's uh, and, and and it looks real, but turns out that that's not real at all. It's a computer program that's been kind of like and it's broadcast all the time. It's broadcast everywhere. So just thought that was interesting. You know how. How that could that that could be implemented? Who knows? Maybe in North Korea, you know, like they could start doing that, and then and then you know their leader always looks young and everything because it's a computer generated face, you know, that's doing that. So I mean, there's so many different things that deep fake now opens, you know, the, the the good in that we can watch movies and stuff with our favorite actors, Star Wars, you know, seventy five. You know, with with the same Luke, Han, and Leia, and everything, um, but then you can have this dark side as well. So it's called Home Stallone. Home Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching this directly afterwards. Yep. Yep. And yes, that that is all within the realm of possibility. They did a Stallone. Uh, they they had Stallone play in Terminator Two, which he definitely wasn't in that, but we, they replaced Schwarzenegger with Stallone's face. We already have the ability to fabricate audio, um, but we're also going. We we already have an effort underway to create automated systems to detect deep fakes. Yes, yeah. Well, that's the, that's the count. I mean, you know, they they do have that. That is the counter to that. They so they are now we have an arms race. Um, but you know how how then you then you play that cat and mouse game where when you know that's just going to make deep fakes get better. That that's happening. That's already happening. So, just uh, it's just something to watch out for, you know. It's, it has a lot of potential, but it does have some potential to do harm as well, you know. So, who, who's to say a, a, a rogue state can't create a deep fake of of a world leader declaring war, you know, or just saying something outrageous that makes another country go to war? Uh, so, you know, that's just uh, that's just one of those things. And I think that uh, the more and more that we progress. With machine learning, uh, it's we're we're eventually going to get to these more and more sophisticated fakes, which are subject to these kind of hacks. And that's not even a hack, though. That's just uh, that's just putting a message out there. And yeah, um, 
that uh, that was one of the items. There was one other thing that I've kind of been um, wanting to talk about, and that is our dependence and energy. So the more and more that we use technology, and the more and more, and not just technology, and, and here we're, we're specifically focused on, you know, machine learning, things that can take herbs, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, the more and more that we have that, the more and more that we're going to be dependent on energy. We need energy in order to power these things, you know, it's not going to be a simple, it's not going to be simple human energy, it's going to be, you know, now you need, now you need actual raw energy in, 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 in terms of, um, you know, uh, electricity, that kind of energy. Um, so, so now our requirements went from, you know, right now, which is pretty vast to an even higher requirement of energy. So we're either as a species going to have to get really creative in harnessing energy. And I'm talking about like, maybe, maybe, you know what, maybe that's the reason why aliens built Dyson spheres, right? Cause I know they do, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm just saying like, you know, maybe that's, that's why in the far future, we're going to have to depend on things like Dyson spheres and things like that, because our energy demands will be so massive that we're just going to need that. Um, but yeah, so, so I'm just saying, you know, and right now we're dependent on fossil fuels and, um, and energy that, and, and, and energy that is finite. And, um, and at some point that can run out. And if we keep this, um, if we keep pushing towards more and more, uh, automation and, and, and androids and things like that, that could, you know, do these different things, do these, these jobs for us. Uh, we're going to be dependent on, on more energy and where are we going to get it from on a finite resource? No argument there. So that's one of those things. Uh, another one that was, that was mentioned very early on when we were just talking, uh, beginning to talk about this was the luxury from luxury to basic necessity. So let's say you are now replacing nurses and doctors and things like that with, with androids, robots, things like that. Um, now you've just made something that used to be a luxury into a basic necessity, you know, um, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm almost tempted to say that now, or maybe very soon, the, uh, just having internet at home is, is becoming a basic necessity. You know, people, people factor in the price of internet with everything else. You know, they, it's never, uh, at least not for me anyway, I always think of the internet as, uh, having, having an internet service provider as, part of just the cost of living, you know, and, uh, and I think that, and I'm using just that as an example, I think that's going to, it's going to translate more and more into other things. Like now we depend on this for our daily lives rather than, rather than just be a luxury. Now, now we, we absolutely need to have this for us to, to function as a society. So that's just something else. Um, that's it. I think I, I, I don't think I have anything else <laughs> unless you want to talk about sports and, uh, and automating, uh, NASCAR, uh, cars to, to, to drive in more optimum ways, <laughs> you know? Um, no, not really. I do think that the, uh, the, the zoom pizza company was pretty neat. They have AI that where they, they automated the entire pizza company, uh, from, um, intelligent, intelligently predicting demand for stocks that way it reduces food waste so we're not contributing to the billions of dollars worth of wasted food we hmm. have all the time um but it it's able to figure out uh, how to not order too much or too little uh, but robots even make the pizzas and they're made in 
trucks that are constantly roaming around to where the pizzas are needed. So it uses machine learning to figure out uh, based on uh, past orders, uh, types of orders, weather conditions, locations of the orders, um, which pizzas are needed, where, when, which ingredients. And the people that are employed there are driving the trucks around and helping to deliver the pizzas um, and maintaining the machines. But it's a really, really neat concept. That is really neat. And I do love that whole thing about uh, not wasting food. That's that's great. Um, by the way, another finite resource. Um, so that's fantastic. Um, and I have no arguments there. I mean, not wasting food is fantastic. Um, the only thing is, is that, you know, you mentioned that factor of they made the pizza, you know, they're driving the trucks and, um, and I've just, okay, that's fine. But as long as not too many industries get impacted by that, because somebody else is going to have that idea too and say, oh, you know what? I can do the same thing. So they start doing that. But and it's like, well, you know. On the other hand, I've seen people handle people's money with an ungloved hand and then immediately go back to touching the pizza. Yeah, that's, that's just not good. That's um, not right. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, good, good point, you know. <laughs> I can't say anything there. That's that's not good. I mean, that's that's that is not just bad hygiene. That's also um that's just not being considerate, you know, to your fellow human. So, there's that. And and of course, that would need um disciplining. You know, that's 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 lack of discipline in the job and things like that. So, there is that. Be considerate to your fellow human. Hire a robot. Yeah, 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 and then have that other human, you know, go commit crime because he doesn't have a job. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, of course, I, I see your point. I mean, you know, it's yeah, it sucks. Um, I I don't think that here's another thing where I don't think that would be beneficial. I don't think that having machine learning in sports, and I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on the NASCAR thing. Um, let's say let's say they they built autonomous driving NASCAR uh, cars, right? That would be really boring to watch because one of the things about watching sports is how, you know, how, 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 how well can that, can that human perform that? And it's also the, the um, unexpectedness of the sport, you know, you never know what's going to happen. You don't know how many uh, baskets, you don't know how many, how many times they're going to score a goal or how many baskets, they're, they're going to be able to, you know, in basketball, you don't know how many, how many times they're going to score. There's just so many different things that are unpredictable in these, in, in these games. It's the, it's the, can a human do that? And, and it's also then the cheering factor, the, you know, that whole, that whole, you know, this person trained for this long and was able to overcome this and then therefore drove him all the way to the hall of fame. And there's, there's that story that you tell, um, from the beginnings all the way to, uh, you know, reaching the MVP level, um, you know, that for a robot, it just wouldn't be the same, you know, it, it's just be too artificial. So when it comes to sports, I definitely think that that, that would be a, a, a determinant or detriment. I don't know. I can't talk today. Um, and, uh, and in, in, in sports, I, I think it'd be a terrible idea. You know, um, I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to counter that, but yeah. I wouldn't um, want to watch want to watch that. I wouldn't either. The way that they are using it in NASCAR is to uh, decide the optimal strategy for the best time to make a pit stop. Um, 
So in a pit stop, you have uh, mm. getting fuel only, getting fuel and changing two tires, or getting fuel and changing four tires. Um, and that's on a scale of least amount of time to most amount of time. So if you put new tires on, then your car will go overall faster, but you mm-hmm. also lose seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they have systems in place that use machine learning to figure out um, but, when to pit and what kind of pit stop to make. But that, that, isn't that taking the fun out of the game? I mean, it's the human that should be doing that, and it's that unpredictable nature, and it's that, that human instinct to do that. It's not it setting adds, it. It adds to mm-hmm. the game. They don't rely on it solely. They... Mm-hmm. Uh, weigh their own instinct and intuition against it. They are fully capable of deciding, no, the computer's wrong. And okay. sometimes it is. Okay. Okay. Slippery slope, though. You know, <laughs> that's 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 one point. And then after that, you know, next thing you know, you got full driving NASCAR robots. There's a, another age of AI that has a fully autonomous race car. Um, it's just a single race car on a single track. Um, mm-hmm. But the advantage there is, well, the idea there is if they can make autonomous driving work at the limits yeah. of, at the physical limits of what the car is capable of um, working at, then it will help um, more. Yeah, even regular. Yeah, more regular mm-hmm. self driving uh, technology sure. for cabs and other things, like figuring out how best to overtake a car on the road and. Yeah, like I, th- that. I think things would be a lot easier for self-driving cars if if there were all self-driving cars. It, if it, you know, once you add that unpredictable nature of human drivers, that's where things go bad. You know, somebody checking their GPS in the middle of a intersection or something like that. You know, that's that's where things can go bad. That's what I want bad. to see happen, and I can't believe I didn't touch on that. Most people are on their phones driving. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, cab cab drivers are going to lose their jobs, mm-hmm. but. We suck at driving. Yep. We. Uh, yep. I want that reality where they're all full, fully automated. It, it cannot come fast okay. enough. Okay. Well, you know, it will. It will. That's that's for sure. So that will come. Um. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we have other things like the entire. I I predict entire malls and things like that to be devoid of people. And why even? Why do you even need malls in the future where you can just order everything online? Um, but you know, then again, that, that also then cut the aspect of, Hey, let's go to the mall and have a good time. Now, now are you just going to sit at home and just have a good time there? So, you know, there's, there's a lot of societal changes that happen once you start, once that really starts digging into your life of, you know, the automation has really, really, um, uh, taken over, uh, many, many aspects of our jobs at that point. So, you know, that, that is one of those things. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I kind of, I kind of feel like I just want to say this, you know, we used to have the horse and the horse had an entire economy around it. And, and I'm not, this isn't a new thought or anything. Uh, I actually heard this from uh, somebody else online. Uh, This is a YouTube channel. Um, So we used to have an entire industry built around the horse, right? We had, it's not just the horse, right? It's the people that took care of the horse stable master the blacksmiths all that right you had an industry around the horse and uh when when cars came about all of a sudden you didn't really need that many horses anymore right 
And then after that, well, what about those people that lost all their jobs, the blacksmiths and the stable masters and everything? Well, they also were looking into that, you know, the good thing that everything wasn't fully automated back then. But that was one industry that was really impacted. Another industry that got really impacted, um, actually, you can cut that out. I wasn't going to, I don't know, for some reason, I thought of the, the elevator. Uh, the elevator was really impacted because it was, it could completely do uh, what a, what a human can. I mean, it's been completely replaced, but I'm not talking about stairs. I'm talking about the person. Anyway, yeah, just cut that out. Um, yeah. So, so the horse, and now we have cars and multiply that industry by like a hundred or maybe even a thousand. And that's where we're, that's where we're approaching. So just, I just want to throw that out there, you know, uh, that things changed. Yes. They changed for the better in that we can, we can drive faster than a horse can, can go. So we can get to places quicker, and uh, and that's good. That's good for that's good for people. It's good for the economy. You know, that's good for for shipping products and things like that. But uh, at uh, at the cost of those of that labor. So people would say, well, yeah, but that's an acceptable loss. Uh, but multiply that out by a thousand, by ten thousand, and then now you kind of start to see my point of okay, what do we do with a rising population, high energy demands, and uh, lower and fewer and fewer jobs. <clears throat> That's it. I don't know. I really don't know. I could say that um, we've always had disruptive technology where people were always saying that's going to replace uh, some group of people or disrupt yeah, some man. industry and we're, we're <laughs> fine, but we've never had it at this scale before. So It's going to be interesting. I, I, I know I, I was supposed to be for all of this, but I can't say. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting, and and you know I'm I'm excited about the medical advancements and things like that. I'm really excited about that. I'm just I don't know. I, I'm I'm just concerned as a as a human. I'm concerned, but I guess we'll see what happens because it's inevitable and change is inevitable. To your point, I think that's it for me. Alrighty. Well, hopefully we won't take uh, about thirty years to make another episode, Chris. Uh, only ten this time. Ah, okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, then it's uh, it's been fun. It has. Uh, thanks for the new idea. I I had a really good time. Likewise, and uh, and I got to see things uh, you know differently. I was kind of stuck in my own um, my own thoughts, and then um, and then the more that you ta- started talking, and and we started looking into this, uh, you know, I started to kind of expand my mind as well. So, yeah. I should mention before we go and forget again how to contact our podcast. You can either find us on Facebook if you do a search for Fork Bomb Podcast. You can email us at forkbombpodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at forkbombpodcast. You can also find us on the web at forkbomb.podbean.com and leave a comment there if you like. All right, well, um, that's episode 27. Uh, thanks, Hero. Thanks, Chris. Good night. Good night. Well, I don't know, Chris. I don't kind of like robots.